it looked like you had like shot a dead animal or something in their <laughs> office. There was so much liquid all over the wall, all over the table, like everywhere. I was so embarrassed. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to our third episode of Before We Make It. We are your hosts, Emma and Dasam. And today we are actually interviewing Dakota Lynn. Dasam is going to talk a little bit about Dakota's background, but we're so happy to have her on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. We're so honored. <laughs> of course. So Dakota Lynn is a New York City minimalist fashion and lifestyle blogger. Her passions range from digital aesthetics. She has her own presets, podcasting on Optimist Hour, interior design, photography, videography, mindful living, and sustainable practices. Do you kind of want to tell us more about that, Dakota? Yeah, I have been doing blogging and social media stuff for probably the better part of four or five years now. Just over the past couple of years or so, I've gone full time with content creation for brands. And I've been really, really blessed to be in this community of people just I've been loving just creating minimalist content around, you know, simple, sustainable fashion, interior design, and just lifestyle, I think most concentrated, just doing a lot of lifestyle content around my daily routines in New York City and providing a kind of a realistic lens around the influencer world and how I go about doing my work and my life in New York City. So yeah. What got you into the whole minimalist uh, lifestyle? Because I noticed that that's something that kind of has popped up in the past couple of years. But what was it that got you super into it? Yeah, so I would say I use minimalist as kind of an umbrella term. I don't apply like an extremely textbook a definition to my style, I guess, but I'd say a lot of the principles of which I live by un- fall under a minimalist realm. I love like dressing simply, um, using a lot of sustainable practices in my clothing, buying and recycling, keeping a very small amount of belongings and just living a very mindful lifestyle. I think I love using mindful more, um, just embracing slow living, taking time for self-care, And I think in this last couple of years, it's been very prevalent in my life. And I've seen it more around social media spaces as well, just really focusing on creating a very mindful lifestyle. And it's something I've loved embracing and sharing on all of my platforms. So, yeah. Honestly, it's so visible on your Instagram. Like Mm -hmm. we love just looking through it and seeing how you embed that into your life. How, like, how do you do that in New York City of all places? Because it's New York, so it's kind of yeah. it's kind of a little bit of opposite of what New York is having that sort of mindful, minimalist lifestyle with the hustle and bustle of New York. You know, it's so funny. I would have never dreamed my life would be more simple having moved to New York than it was in Portland, <laughs> where I just moved from. Um, I swear my lifestyle has become so much more focused on like self-care, mental health, and balance since I've been here than ever, which is like, I don't know how that happened. But I think that um, I've really been focusing on just um, not being 100% work focused. I think the minute I got here, I told myself that I wasn't going to constantly be trying to hustle because the work will come and there's time to do everything in good time. And, you know, every day is a new opportunity to get things on your to-do list finished. So having a slow morning if I need it, reminding myself that I have plenty of time to get all my tasks finished, uh, taking breaks on walks, spending time in parks, 
really, really carving out time for reading and self-care. And I think doing that has made such a huge impact on how I go about my work and my life. And honestly, making time for not working has allowed me to create and have more work, which is like really, really cool. So I've been doing a lot more qualitative work for less time, I guess. So yeah. That's super cool. We're so excited to like talk more about that and just letting creative passions bloom when you're constantly forced in a way to feel busy and feel productive all the time, being mindful, being present. That's something really difficult. And I know a lot of people, especially in quarantine, when you're constantly working from home, it's hard. But yeah, we're going to transition into our first segment and then get into conversation. Awesome. All right, so this is Truly Obsessed, where we're going to be talking about everything that we've been loving from lifestyle, fashion, beauty, it could be whatever you want. So if you want to take it away, Dakota, you can go ahead and start us off. Yeah, sure. I've been doing a lot of inspiration gathering as of late, especially. I feel like I've been going through quite a style shift in terms of like my Instagram, my clothes, my house, like everything. So I've been really inspired by um, street style a lot more. I feel like I had a very cottage core presence when I was in Portland and uh, loved that. But I feel like I'm transitioning out of a lot of brown colors, adding more blacks into my wardrobe, doing more structured looks, very inspired by like street style, more, I think, minimalist, like structured fashion. But yeah, also watching a lot of YouTubers have been loving Madewin is Madeline De La Rosa. And I've been loving Best Dressed as of usual. Where I Live is another one of my favorites. I have been making a lot of food at home lately, doing a lot of fall cooking. I've been loving like making a lot of vegetable soups and yeah, squash is one of my favorite things in the wintertime. And lots of hot coffee and hot chocolate. And yeah. Yes. <laughs> the soups, honestly. I want to know what, what soup are you making? Yeah. Everybody has been making these super cool soups and I see them on Pinterest too. I'm just like, Guys, what, where are you getting this from? Like, what is it? We just have, like, our brand box, like, H-E-B. Yeah, soap. we just get Campbell's cans. So. <laughs> yeah. I love following a lot of, like, vegan food Instagrammers who share recipes, and I'll just save them throughout the week. But I've been making, like, a lot of lentil soup, mm-hmm. taco soup, or, uh, like, a lot of squash. Butternut squash soup is so good in the fall. Lots of mm-hmm. – I really try to embrace, like – eating with the season so I've been incorporating a lot of mm-hmm. squash and like a lot of more harvesty kind of foods this season so yeah I love that I love that as for me I would say fashion favorite has been blazers I feel like everyone has just been incorporating really cool blazers whether they're like cool checkered patterns or more laid back or even like the long again like Emily in Paris type like coats I just think that's such a vibe right now and the other food favorite I've been loving is simply just like cooking at home, whether it's I just made like a non bread, like margarita pizza and like just salmon and Brussels sprouts, just like healthy ish, <laughs> but fun, uh, just like clean eating. That's been great. Yeah. So for me, I've been obsessed with hot coffee also because normally I do iced coffees all the time because hot coffee kind of puts me to sleep. But lately, I've just been embracing it so much more. And it's been so nice to just do work in bed, which is kind of unproductive, but super cozy for the fall and have like hot coffee while I work. It's been super awesome. And then as far as like anything else, I just watched the show. uh, I don't know if you heard it, Dakota, The Queen's Gambit. Yes, I'm halfway through that right now. Oh my gosh, it's so good. What episode are you on? I think I'm on 
four. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that show ripped me apart. Like that, <laughs> the last episode I was crying. It was so good. I love that show. So that was definitely a thing last week. I was just obsessed with it. So definitely recommend to anyone looking for a new show to watch. It's about a chess prodigy. And there's so many other things that go on with it. But it's absolutely amazing. I think it's number one on Netflix right now. So Oh my god! I can't wait till you get to the last episode. I can't wait either. I've been watching, actually, I started watching it and then I got into Twin Peaks, which I had never seen before. It's like an old show. Yeah, it's like 89, I think, 90s. It's very good. And I had never seen it before, but I actually like, grew up very close to the town it was filmed in. So it's really weird that I hadn't seen it. Oh, wow. um, I've been working through that this last week and that's been very fun. <laughs> yeah, no, shows like that are awesome. I noticed they just put Dawson's Creek on Netflix and so I was like, why is this here? This is so old, but I kind of want to watch it. So I honestly just got into Euphoria, which is so <gasps> outdated and everything. But yesterday I was just binging that last night and I can't even believe I haven't watched it yet. It's so deep and mm-hmm. the makeup looks that were like trend setting on that show, like afterwards, oh my goodness, did you love it? I'm obsessed with Euphoria. I feel like it's very deep and not something I would recommend for like, it's not something people would expect me to recommend, but I love it. (laughs) Awesome. I don't know if y'all have ever felt this way, but just having like this fire inside of you that is bubbling out, whether into an Instagram post or an article or blog post, or even like a podcast episode, feeling that desire inside of you to put something out into the universe that is like not only helpful, impactful, but also represents your creativity. I think that's such a powerful thing to experience in this life. And it's hard, especially when you're juggling a lot of things, but how do you kind of let that spark live out in your life? It's a really good question because I feel like sometimes it's quite hard to stay inspired, especially when you're surrounded by so many people. And I feel like it's so hard to get trapped in the comparison game with creativity and things. But I think the main things that keep me inspired is really taking time to invest in media and pieces of art that are not online. I find most inspiration from like flipping through old books, reading old texts, reading new books, um, looking at short films, watching movies, really like watching documentaries on old musicians and just really absorbing physical and like art around us. And even just going for walks and taking time to give myself space to think and create my own ideas but as much inspiration as I gather from like Pinterest and fellow creators and things I really get most inspired when I take time offline and really invest in like Mm -hmm. tangible pieces of work so yeah yeah for sure I think a lot of times it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else is doing so trying to get inspiration from as much content as we can But I think it's so easy to forget that we can just go outside and go for a walk and experience real life to get that actual inspiration. So I love that you said that. Do you ever experience like a sort of burnout when you are doing so many creative things and you kind of just feel like you're at a creative block with with your content creation? Mm. Yeah, I feel like I've been definitely in one of those spaces the last couple of months. I've been very, very much more inspired since I moved to New York. And I'm so grateful to be here. It's like just a huge 
library of ideas and things just surrounding you at all times. But I have definitely gotten very busy with just work and life. And it's so easy to just like focus on getting the work done rather than creating new work and taking time to make things that are like true to you. I've definitely been in like a rut with that. I feel like the last couple of weeks for sure and spending a lot of time just really rejuvenating my ideas and creativity and making time to create things that are just for me or just for creative work and not for a brand or not for a deal or anything. So yeah, I think it's just really important to take time to create things and and do things that really don't make you any money or just are just for you and like invest in yourself because it's really, really important for just keeping your creativity brightened up and like especially because you're constantly churning out content and you have to do it on multiple platforms as well yeah no I was just gonna add that it's so hard to find a balance between noise and like inspiration because a lot of the time I find myself inspired by what other content creators are doing but sometimes that stifles my own thoughts and I am not thinking for myself and I'm just consuming 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 and it's almost draining and so I think that's something that a lot of people may experience too, like even consumption burnout in a way, or even work burnout or prioritizing the wrong things, whether it's, you know, getting that monetization. Yeah. And I think an important thing too, is like, you have to remember that in this content creation and like, I guess the influencer world, especially people are following you for the uniqueness of who you are and what you offer. And if you're not taking time to create your own ideas and just constantly following what everybody else is doing, it really, it's, it's a damper on like your separation and your uniqueness. And I have noticed that in myself, like so many times, so easy to just go pick a video idea that somebody's already made, but it's like, there's so many other people that have already made that video. And so, yeah, you can make it, it will do well, but let's think of a way that you can apply your own style to it. That would make Mm -hmm. it unique, you know? I love that. So to kind of just take a few steps back, I really want to hear your story. And I want everyone to kind of hear about how you went from one place to another in starting your Instagram and podcast and everything that you do, because you're such a multifaceted person. So can you just give us a little brief background on how you got into content creation? Yeah. So long story short, I had grown up in musical theater and I went to an intensive as I was in high school was definitely planning on going to musical theater school. I applied to like Juilliard and NYU and was going to do the huge Broadway career. And the minute I got all my applications in, I just decided that it just did not feel 100%. I don't know what it was, but something was not calling me to go spend a lot of money on an education in this very specific category such as that. I ended up deciding to take a gap year, randomly got into photography. My mom had done photography as I was growing up and I started to pick up the camera and style my own little fashion shoots with my sisters and kind of got an Instagram and started to see what was going on there. And I had a few friends within my social circle that were posting kind of like cute bloggery things. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of fun. So um, started playing around with that. That was probably about six years ago. I, I took a gap year, did some traveling, did way more photography, started doing my own styled shoots and wanted to be the next Annie Leibovitz because I'm a big go big or go home kind of person. So after a few months kind of got burned out with fashion photography, I was like, okay, what's next? And ended up connecting with um, a really great lady that I love with all my heart, Jessica Whitaker. She's a photography educator. And she, through a series of connections, took me under her wing and I ended up interning for her for almost a year during my gap year. 
and um, ended up learning so much about photography business, social media, blogging, how to use social media to grow your business. She poured so much time into me and I learned probably more than I did in college, like working with her for the year. Got me really, really head started into where I am now with photography and content creation and really showed me all the opportunities that were available to me. So I started really, really going full throttle with like posting, posting about shoots I was doing, creating more content. I was starting to do some partnerships on the side, but mostly doing like a photography business Instagram. So I would do client work for like headshots or do portraits or couples. I've shot a couple weddings. I found my program that I went to at Washington State University, which was Digital Technology and Culture, which was a really cool program where I was able to study um, like social media, graphic design, cinematography, photography at a really like well-rounded media degree, which allowed me to kind of delve into a whole bunch of different topics that I'm very, very grateful to have done. It's I feel like if I at the point that I decided to go to college, I if I went and got like a fine art photography degree or something super specific, I would not have been as applicable to my life because I'm just kind of a jack of all trades kind of person. Mm -hmm. And I was doing photography on the side while I was in school, also working a coffee job and doing a digital design job and working way too much, but still trying to grow my business and learn while I was in school. Kind of towards the tail end of my college career, more of a shift into the blogger world, doing a lot more fashion partnerships, doing a lot more content creation for brands and uh, really, really found a love for it and found a community um, in Portland where I was going to school. With quarantine and COVID and all, I've really had a chance to spend a lot of time growing my business, especially um, in the early months when I was finishing graduating college mm -hmm. online. Um, so I picked up my YouTube again, which I had dabbled in all throughout mm -hmm. this time of content creation. I think I had made videos on and off here and there and various different topics, but I Decided towards the end of my college career that I really wanted to do YouTube as well. Started seeing an increase in partnerships and was able to spend like a full time amount of hours like pitching brands and getting collaborations and then started my podcast as well, which I have taken a sabbatical with because I moved to New York like two weeks after I started it. And so kind of that's where I'm at now. I had a, a really awesome opportunity to move to New York out of school because I had nothing tying me down. And now I'm here and I'm so grateful to be doing content creation full time. And, you know, we're st it's still growing. I have a small business and I have a lot to learn and a lot to grow still, but it's been a very rewarding process so far. So Love that. yeah, that's so exciting. I think uh, just this whole podcast, you know, about chasing our dreams and like finding ourselves along the way, a lot of us quote unquote creatives out there, especially if you're listening, we're like very into the whole like design and aesthetic process of being a content creator, but also very type mm. A. <laughs> and that could be like a hard thing to balance as well. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced that too, just being super like control freak, honestly, about some of the things that you do, but also wanting to be productive and not let like creativity paralysis get in the way. Yeah. That's such a good point because it's like, at least I feel this and I'm not sure like how, what the extent is that you probably feel this because you have to actually produce so much in even a week. Um, but just having that feeling of, oh, once I have creative inspiration, then I'll get to it and kind of just forcing yourself to do the work that is necessary at the time without necessarily being 
what's the word? Like having those creative juices flowing. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's all, it's a struggle, like having to constantly create things. And I think that I'm pretty transparent on my pages about like my mental health and, you know, always trying to be more transparent, but always communicating like, you know, today I'm not really feeling 100%. So I'm going to make something tomorrow. And I'm always, always receive so many DMs and things are like, take care of yourself. Like, and so I think it's just remaining authentic and being transparent with people is really important, especially as a person in this industry. But yeah, I totally agree. It's very hard to kind of stay on top of it all the time, but it's, it's part of the job. So it's, you know, you got to find a balance of what works best for you. And do you ever feel like sometimes you're lacking in one area or the other? Because if you are multi-potentialite or whatever, like sometimes we feel like, oh, like I'm just too type A, I'm not creative enough, where I'm just, I'm too creative, I'm not type A. So it's like this constant struggle of, oh, can I be both like equally perfectly? Yeah, I, I definitely relate. I'm definitely usually leaning to more type A, less creative. I think that I get really caught up in the business aspect of it. It's like, I think honestly, the emails and the editing are my favorite part of my job. And so it's so easy for me to spend most of my time behind my computer and forget to go make things. So (laughs) I have a lot of friends who are much more in-depth creatives than me. And on, on a different level, I would say not better, but just in a different way. And they're always reminding me to like, go read a book today or go watch this film today or go do something that inspires you and like, you know, go create something rather than just like answer all your emails because they'll be there tomorrow. So I think that community has been really helpful for me in kind of finding that balance as well. So for sure, that is so important. And kind of touching back to something that you mentioned earlier, you said that you were a jack of all trades. And we all know how the saying goes, jack of all trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. I definitely relate to that. So what would you say to someone who has so many passions and they're trying to figure out what they want to do in life and it's almost like they're limited to one specific path? How do you balance being good at so many things and having passions for so many different types of careers? Hmm. I'm still struggling with that myself. You know, it's like there's so many things you can be good at. I think it's really important to find what your passions are and find what brings you most joy but also find a space where you find a task or a skill that you're extremely good at that can support you and help you be profitable and just hone in on that and call that your work and then have your hobbies or have your side hustles. It's a really different journey for everybody. I feel like I have done that and I'm also working on creating my career out of my side hustles. So, you know, I think it's a different path for everybody, but ultimately it's, important to look at all of your hobbies and the things that you're passionate about and figure out which ones are easy for you to do on a business and creative realm and then ones that are just more creative because if you know you have hobbies that you love so much that if you created work out of it it wouldn't be fun anymore you know you got to make sure that you distinguish those so um that makes sense Yeah, that makes total sense. Actually, a term that I was talking about with a friend was just closet achiever Mm -hmm. in the closet about being an overachiever and being so immersed into all these different things. You're like, oh, you know what? I think I want to be a photographer and a videographer and also start a company and also start a podcast and maybe go into like animation and write a book here and there. Like, it's like, like you want to do all of these things and It's almost like you're envisioning yourself living a dream life where the possibilities are endless, Uh but also like we have physical limitations. We have a limited amount of time every single day. We could be dissatisfied with the level of progress we've made in all of the little paths that we've set for ourselves. So how have you kind of honed in on being present and just 
not letting that overwhelming ambition get to you. Yeah, you know, I definitely can relate to that. And I fall into that trap very often. But I have to remember that it happens just the way it should be. Yeah, I didn't get done maybe all of the fun tasks that I had dreamed for myself, or I didn't do this or that. But the things I did today were important. And they made up what my life path is going to be. And tomorrow is another opportunity to do more things. So it's really important to make time for all of your passions and not overwhelm yourself, but also just be reminded that God has a plan and every day is just set out exactly the way it should be. And so you should be very like thankful and present in the the things that did happen, you know? So. For sure. I love that. And kind of moving on to how you stay authentic online, because again, this is, I mean, this is your job. This is what you're doing every single day, seeing what other people are doing, seeing what's trending and still trying to keep an original mindset above all of that. What is your number one tip, your go-to way of being truly yourself online Mm -hmm. and producing that content that is so unique to you? Yeah, I think that I love having my YouTube especially because it allows me to talk to the camera and be just tell stories and be really transparent about my personality, my life. But it's been really helpful for me to use my Instagram as a place to write and tell stories and inspire and just not get so caught up in like the image and just get more about like the heart. So when I was moving to New York, I know there's so many TikToks and things you can find about like how easy it is to move to New York and all of these full window Manhattan apartments and how glamorous of a lifestyle it is. But I think the one thing that I really wanted to do was kind of give a more realistic perspective on like what an actual person has to do when they move to New York. So I moved here by myself with three suitcases and had to haul everything around the city by myself and get everything set up. I had to do all the apartment hunting. It wasn't a treacherous process, but it was something I'd never done before that was quite taxing. And I was really open about it on my stories. And I maybe have would have cried a little bit quite the process, but it was an awesome opportunity to just really connect with my audience and show them, you know, this is me, this is this is how it goes. So whenever I post a photo or something, I always make sure to be transparent and not try to create this, you know, altruistic image of what my life could be because I try to just be as realistic as possible. So putting that little disclaimer of like, don't worry, guys, I'm actually human. It's fine. Things happen all the time like that. I'm sure the move to New York was insane. I I hear a lot of things about how many logistical things that go into it when you're moving to New York. Oh my gosh, I can't even... Like before my internship for this past summer, of course, during the pandemic, like uprise was moved virtually. Like I was endlessly consuming like New York City vlogger content. Emma and I both as avid lovers of content, we love seeing that authenticity and vulnerability from major content creators and humanizing them and just like learning so much about our lives through them and realizing at the end of the day, we're all the same. Yeah. So yeah. And honestly, like I've never freelanced, but I know like Emma, you freelance. Just give us some insight into freelancing, honestly. Like what is finding work, communicating with clients. Because like what, what have you like experienced as most primary challenges of being like a recently new freelancer? New challenges that I have faced is just the inconsistency because when you're signed to an actual company and you have a steady flow of work going but with freelancing you almost have to search for it and it's pretty inconsistent in a lot of different ways so 
that's been my experience with it. <laughs> it's been a challenge. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. I have been only doing this like full time for the last like six months and the industry is quite inconsistent. It takes mm. a lot of work and it's a lot more work than people think. Also try to be very transparent about on my channels. It's like not all just like free goodies and, you know, money, you know, it's a lot of email, a lot of planning. You know, my work is like 80% behind my computer, a lot of brand communication, a lot of outreach on my end, but it's been an interesting process to go through, especially over the last couple of years, having dabbled in it and now doing it full time. Most of my work has come through like organic inquiries, which has been really, really cool, especially as I've hit like a few milestones on my channels that allow me to be visible to more brands. I also have gotten a lot of really great partnerships from things I've reached out to myself. So I think there's a really good balance in doing that. Putting yourself out there is such an important thing. Yeah, but I think it's such a unique industry. It's like everybody literally every single person you see online has gotten to where they are in such a different way. And it's not any way that you would think it is. It's so funny. It's such a hard industry to like make a textbook on because there's, you just, you never know when one piece of media is going to go viral and like kickstart your career or who you're going to meet. That's going to put you on like the explore page or you just, you never know. It's such a wild thing. Oh my gosh, I totally agree with that because some people talk about mastering the Instagram algorithm, like ad strategy and, you know, podcast distribution strategies. None of it seems to have like a clear trajectory towards success and a very clear outcome, honestly. It's so hard, especially, I mean, for everyone out there that is like, has that idea. I feel like nowadays more and, pe- more and more people have those ideas to start things. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start this boutique, this podcast, this YouTube channel, this blog. They have all these ideas, but the execution piece is honestly the hardest part. So what kind of got you past that hard, like, oh, like I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm passionate and hopefully like someone vibes with it. Yeah, that's been literally me like the last like three years. <laughs> and I think I, I still feel that way sometimes with just create content creation. I think the one thing that's helped me through all of it is like allowing it to be solely a passion for as long as I've had it. It helped me realize that it's something I've always kept consistent and made time for through all the other jobs that I've had that have provided me like income. And so it's something that's continually just helped me feel so fulfilled and like in my creativity and inspired me to do more and create more. And that's when I realized I really needed to take a next step and make it my job. But I think just continually reminding yourself that the numbers are not usually, you know, they're not the equivalent of your worth. You know, it's a hard algorithm to beat sometimes, but it just consistency is key. And so just keep creating things that bring you joy and connecting with the people that you reach and being reminded that like everything will come full circle in good time. So my gosh, I love that. What are your biggest like minimalist living hack for uh, college students right now? Home decor, like we've been decorating our living room a ton and just adding things, being like plant moms, honestly, cooking yeah. more, exercising at home. Like all of those are things that people are trying to catch on to. Yeah. I would say like minimalist, mindful living tips. I've been, I'm almost finished furnishing my apartment bedroom right now. We're, we're still working on our living room. It's been a very slow process, but I've loved uh, 
collecting a lot of thrifted items and doing a lot of thrifting and secondhand shopping. I think that it's a tricky thing to do as an influencer because it's like, A, I want to be tagging more brands and buying things from brands that I love so we can be working together. And I've had a lot of beautiful brand partnerships come through for my room that I'm so grateful for. But I think that I've also loved promoting like secondhand thrifting and recycling of things um, and decorating my space because one, it's like very cheap and super fun to do because the pieces are so much more unique. And it also just supports like sustainability and product recycling. So it's been really fun doing that using little treasured elements in my room that, uh, you know, a very small amount of special things that add a lot of character. So yeah. Yeah. I was actually looking at your Instagram right now just to kind of get a better glimpse of what your life looks like, especially after moving to New York. And I just have to say, it looks amazing. Okay. <laughs> your Instagram is so beautiful. I just feel like when I look at it, I'm being transported to this whole other world in a way. You you kind of give off Audrey Hepburn vibes a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. I thought that so much on a recent post I made, and I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> black and white one yes yes I'm like I love this so much I think such a personal experience such as waking up in the morning and and looking at your apartment and seeing how everything is so simple and unique to you and then putting that into social media and people can actually feel that and communicate with it so I definitely see why people follow you on Instagram and pay attention to your content because it is very original and I just love looking at it. I want to look at this forever. This is awesome. Thank you. That means so much to me. I'm so grateful. You just graduated from college. You're in a whole new city. You're getting settled and you're also like in a, in a career that's slightly unstable. Like there's no boss specifically determining what you do every single day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to stay grounded even now during quarantine, but especially when you're moving into a whole new chapter of your life, what advice Or what's that like for you? Yeah, I would say the one thing that's like helped me the most is just really establishing structure and routine in whatever areas I can and really embracing like mornings and, you know, making time to read, making time for exercise or healthy eating or just doing all the little things that make my life like a life. I think that the one thing that I really noticed when I moved here was like, I can't just like work, work, work all the time. Like I'm, I'm done with college now. I have a full day's worth of hours to like be an adult and spend some time working, but I also need to like live my life. And so I've been really focusing on just making time to spend with friends or um, go for a walk or read a book or just be really uh, create a lifestyle for myself that's both fulfilling and profitable. So just making routines and having structure and small areas of your life, but also remaining spontaneous and finding room for adventures and, you know, random things is really important. So. Yeah. I love that. Top three things that you could do right now for our listeners to stay grounded. One text, like three of your best friends that you love them and how grateful you are for them Two journal, like the five best things that happened to you this Mm -hmm. year, because I feel like 2020 was hard, but it was honestly such a growing time for every one of us. And three, like just do something that makes you happy today, whether that's taking a bath or listening to your favorite podcast, watching an episode of Euphoria, whatever. I've honestly done all of those things, but I do think that number one, giving yourself time to breathe for a second really, really helps instead of just going, 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 just taking a second to slow down and kind of visualize how you want the rest of your day to go. Two, I would say cook. 
something or make a cup of coffee and take time to enjoy the process of it. I always love just the process of making a coffee. And even if it's not the most instant thing, it is definitely super relaxing. Three, go for a run if you're into that. Exercise is seriously the most therapeutic thing. It's an instant way to boost your endorphins. So I would definitely recommend just going outside for a second. Even if you don't want to run, go for a walk. Do something that's going to get your blood flowing and just get your thoughts out, honestly, while you're on your run. Mm -hmm. That's so good. To add off a few of those, like FaceTime or call a friend, I find sometimes I get just so much energy from like physically talking to a person. And so it just gets brings you so much joy and connection. And like, I think texting is so important as well. But if you're in a space where you have somebody you can call, like that's always so helpful for me. I don't make enough time to read in my life. But as I've been working on doing it more lately, it's just such a nice way to have your brain focus on like one task and not like 50 like I'm usually doing. And that's been really helpful just to find a self help book or a vintage, you know, novella that you really enjoyed is something that really allows you to kind of check out and just be absorb in a different space for a while. Number three, I think one of you mentioned it already, but just gratitude journaling. It's something that I would like to do more of, but it's always so helpful when I do just as adding off of my point earlier, it's like every day is meant to be the way it is. And so just finding the joys and what you did accomplish that day or what happened that day, it's really important to just remind yourself that, you know, you're not at a loss for anything you didn't accomplish or didn't get done because everything that happened today is supposed to be that way. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And one more thing to add on to that, that I think is such a huge thing Mm -hmm. is turning off your phone for a little bit, even if it's just 30 minutes, putting it on do not disturb and just putting it on the other side of the room while you focus on any of the things that we listed, journaling, reading, resting, whatever it may be. Getting away from your phone, I think, is so imperative to regaining that sense of mental clarity Mm. just because the notifications that are constantly buzzing immediately distract you from what you're trying to do. And I think it's so important in just staying present to get away Mm. from your notifications for a second. Totally agree. Okay, last segment, guys. This is a fun one. Enduring awkwardness. We're going to recount funny, embarrassing stories that have happened in our lives. Just kind of like a comedic relief way to end this episode. Thank you so much, Dakota, for being here once again. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So, you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. So, (laughs) I always think it's going to be hard to find an embarrassing story, but it's actually not that hard. So... (laughs) Okay, this was recently. This was last year in my management class. I It was a huge class. This class is probably like 200 people. And our professor was really, really strict. People were scared of him. He has a reputation at our school for just being a pretty tough professor. And he didn't want any drinks or food in his class. So I, I always followed those rules. But on this particular day, I had a kombucha with me and a water bottle. And so... The way that this water bottle was, was that like you flip the straw up to drink it. So kombucha, as we know, is carbonated. (laughs) And so I had been walking to the class. The kombucha was being shaken up inside the water bottle. And I'm sitting in class. I get thirsty. He's lecturing. The whole class is silent per usual. I I try to take a drink. And the straw flips up. And all of a sudden, my kombucha explodes into a... (laughs) actual like volcano of kombucha all over the people behind me their laptops their their clothes everything like literally the biggest eruption ever and my professor just like stops class and he's like he starts 
erupting in laughter, which is crazy because normally he would get mad at anybody. Even for being 10 minutes late, he would get super mad, but he let it slide and he just laughed about it. And it was so embarrassing. I had to go grab paper towels for everyone behind me, but that was, that was definitely an embarrassing story. And people were talking about it after like, Hey, do you know who that was? that did that. Who was the one with like the drink? And geez, it was, it was bad. All right. You want to go next? No, but I will. Oh man, so many embarrassing stories. You know how when obviously you get a car for the first time and you're just like driving and around and you feel so like free and amazing. And in my business school parking lot, there's this person that always goes around and tickets everyone if they don't have like the parking pass or their parking pass ticket is like overtime or whatever. And I'm in this group group chat because people will notify each other whenever like that person is going around be like, Hey guys, like if you didn't pay or if you're overtime, like watch out. I've always just kept this like on mute or whatever. But then one day I decided to unmute it for the week. And then eventually that following week, um, I'm in class. Like I'm like really, really in class, like in the zone, like listening to finance lecture. And then someone like messages in this huge group chat, a photo of my car. (laughs) And they're like, whose car is this? And obviously like I look at it, but I don't want to say anything. So I just like ignore the message. My car is getting towed basically (laughs) because I put it in like the most awful spot you could imagine and everyone's talking about it they're like oh my gosh who's this girl poor girl like I feel so bad for her like her car is getting towed and my friend literally next to me she's like shows me the message she's like do you see this I feel so bad for her and I literally just cannot bring myself to admit that it's me and so I go yeah yeah I feel bad for her too like whoever it is like I'm just like wow that really sucks and then eventually it was revealed that it was mine because it had all these stickers over and someone found out or whatever but yeah, those are the kind of things that you wish didn't happen, but they make for good stories. Oh my goodness. I did actually think of one story I could tell. <laughs> so this is quite embarrassing. Another drink story. Um, I was at a friend's house recently. Uh, I was visiting for a weekend and we were just about to leave to go back home. I was making a one of my signature like vegan chai drinks for them before we left. And you have to make a specific like cinnamon hemp milk in the blender cold and then you heat it up with the chai tea bags and then you put the hot liquid back into the blender and blend it up so it gets really frothy and their outlet in their kitchen wasn't working and so we had to put the blender in their office which there was no like electronics on the table but there was papers and office things on the desk blended the cold milk fine got it heated up put it back in the blender and it was a blender I hadn't used before and I didn't check to make sure that the top was on all the way and so I turned the blender on with the hot boiling liquid in it and the blender top pops off and I spill chai (laughs) everywhere it looked like you had like shot a dead animal or something in their office it was so much liquid all over the wall all over the table like everywhere i was so embarrassed no i love that honestly i'm so sorry that you lost your it sounds like it's such a tedious process to make it too Uh, it was it was unfortunate but you know their whole living room smelled like cinnamon for the rest of the day so that's pretty good Literally, during awkwardness it ended up being a good thing because they probably smelled that for the next two weeks or something and also the intention behind it was wonderful. Like I'm sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everyone loved it at the end of the day. But guys, relish in being endearingly awkward in your everyday life. Things happen to everyone, and at the end of the day, it's all about perspective. So 
We have an episode airing every other Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other listening platforms. Guys, follow us on Instagram at Before We Make It. Dakota, thank you for being a wonderful guest. We had an awesome conversation with you. and Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. I'm so glad I got to chat with you guys. Of course. Where can they find you? You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube at Miss Dakota Lynn. Then my website is dakotalynn.com. So, yeah. Great. Thank you so Perfect. much for joining us today again. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And <laughs> bye, guys. Bye.